You're listening to Late Norman Talk with Jonathan Weiner and Chuck Austin. Unscripted and real conversations with business leaders and marketing pros. Well, Chuck, we're back in the studio today with Carrie Ann Tornicello, owner of Engage Coaching. Carrie, welcome. Thank you. Nice to be here. Well, thanks for coming in. And um, I want to start off by asking you, I was looking at your card and Gallup right away. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people are familiar with DISC and Gallup. Talk about what you guys do in your specialty. So the Gallup organization, actually, I'll I'll go back and and use the word Clifton instead. There's a gentleman named Don Clifton who um, had a research company that eventually melded and merged with Gallup. So sometimes you'll hear it called the Gallup Strengths Finder. Um, Over the last few months, we've transitioned back to calling it the Clifton Strengths Assessment. So with 30 years of research, Don Clifton wanted to look at what if instead of focusing on what people are not good at and trying to get them better, what if we looked at what they are good at? What would that look like for engagement? What would that look like for productivity and um, overall, I guess, satisfaction with with life and what people are doing? So um, with over 2 million people over 40 years, um, we've you know, they came up with the assessment, they broke down hundreds of talents, put them into 34 talent themes. And then um, particularly when I work with uh, small businesses and managers, we break it down even further into four domains, looking at how um, people think, how they feel, how they get things done, how they process information. Um, and, um, And it's been a really interesting um, ride for everybody. We've got, I think we're on the cusp of 20 million people taking the StrengthsFinder assessment over the last 15 years. And uh, there's only 6,000 Gallup certified coaches out there for 20 million people that have taken the assessment. So it's a pretty exciting time. Wow. I I know I, um, we were talking before we started the the recording uh, a little bit about direct sales. And I know that's Mm -hmm. just an extremely valuable assessment for people getting into direct sales and any kind of sales or business or leadership. So I did the test. I thought it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, what I'm hearing you say is it's not so much today about trying to overcome weaknesses and managing strengths. It's just, it's continuing to build on the strengths. It's building on the strengths, but managing the weaknesses. We're not, we're not focusing on the weaknesses. We're trying to figure out how to manage them. So sometimes you can manage a weakness by using other talents that you have that are stronger. Um, and other times you can um, manage them by partnering with people that are good at the things that you're not good at. And most likely you're good at things that they're not good at. So it becomes a nice, a nice partnership. So two, two parts to that. Um, what's the biggest difference between, let's just say, a DISC profile or another type of um, tool that you guys might compete with versus Gallup? Just kind of like a, a quick snapshot of the differences, right, mm-hmm. for those out there that don't know. And then, you know, what, what is the job of a Gallup certified coach versus just, you know, let's you because I believe it's a free assessment in some cases. It's, well, it's not free. Um, you can get the uh, StrengthsFinder 2.0 book or there's a number of different books that have a code to use the assessment mm. in them. So depending on how much the book costs, um, you can go through a coach. Um, you can also um, get your uh, your code through a coach. And we also offer, there's a top five where you find out what your top five dominant themes are. But then we also now, uh, Gallup has rolled out and done a really great job with the all 34. So for, I believe it's $49.99, you can find out all 34 of your themes in order 
And then you get a 25-page personal report on what it looks like for you. So, um, again, ways that you can use that information in your personal life mm. with relationships and your work life, um, the things that you're trying to do. A lot of people like using these types of assessments at transition times. So, um, But to get back to your first question, the difference between the Gallup Strengths Finder, Clifton Strengths, and um, other assessments like DISC and things, for me, it's the fact that... Um, this is really all-encompassing. It looks at uh, you holistically as a person. So it's not just looking at, you know, how do you work? You know, what kind of work environment are you? What kind of a leader are you? Um, it looks at, you know, again, your natural talents, the things that you don't have to lift a finger. It just comes naturally to you. Are you a personable person? Can you not help yourself? And you always have to talk to people on the elevator or you always organize things in a certain way before you can get accomplished or accomplish a task. Are you always task driven? You know, are you laid back? Do you just roll with the punches? Um, so often the assessments are looking at maybe personality things um, or looking again at how you interact with people in a work environment. So this is, I think, a more holistic approach. Yeah, Chuck, I think mine showed that I'm a very personable control freak. Does that I, sound right? I, I could have done that assessment for you. <laughs> um, no charge. No charge. Thank you. So uh, one thing that I always have as a question in the back of my mind is, are these assessments that people take, well, are, are these assessments just assessing our learned skills or are they assessing inherent skills? That's a great question because I think depending on the assessment, you'll get different results. And right. again, one of the things I like about the uh, Clifton Strengths assessment is your strengths, your natural talents do not change throughout your life. So you can take this assessment in your 20s, you can take it again in your 40s, you can take it in your 60s, and your dominant themes stay your dominant themes. So it's not that, you know, I've taken things like the Myers-Briggs test, and each time I've taken it over, you know, a couple years, I take it, and then, you know, five years later, take it again, and depending on the situation, you know, the work environment and the situation that I was in, and it changed. Um, because of what I was doing, the skills I was acquiring, the people I was working with, I was adapting to what needed to be done. But the Clifton Strengths Finder report, I took it back in 2012, and I guarantee you it's still the same. My husband actually took it in 2011 um, through his uh, employer, and he was like, oh, I'm sure it's changed. So a couple weeks ago, he took it again, and his dominant themes were still all his dominant themes from in you know that doesn't change, so that's kind of neat about it as well. Right. So in these in the Clifton Strengths assessment, it's really it sounds like it's more about you finding out about yourself and what directions that maybe you need to go in, learning more about yourself. Can you do this with children, or have they not had enough life experiences and emotional development in order to take this test for it to be accurate for them? We really like to do the full strengths finder assessment with high school students and older because, again, right. the way the questions are asked, they may not have enough life um, experiences to really honestly answer them. Um, there is another assessment that's um, kind of slightly adulterated, I'll say, for middle school students. So you can, you know, start to, you know, decipher what those what those strengths and talents are. Right, because I think we, uh, even as parents, you're uh, directing your kids a lot because it doesn't come, mm -hmm. being a parent doesn't come with an instruction manual. And so you may have one child that just fits the everyday mold and one child that's totally different. But what I feel that 
a lot of parents do, and maybe I'm wrong in generalizing here, but we, through our own experiences and our own social bubble, we tend to want to plug our kids into what everybody else is doing. And sometimes with some children, that doesn't fit at all. Like right. everybody's doing football, but little Joey wants to do ninjutsu or he has wants to go fishing or whatever the heck he wants to do. And so we're totally just always pushing against what that person inherently is built for and wants. Right. And they might even know what they want. They're just confused. Mom and dad's pushing me in this direction. And that still happens as adults. It- it does. I will say I find that younger people, um, parents are kind of more open to exploring things with their kids than they were in the past. Right. What really breaks my heart is when I'm working with an adult client and they'll say things like, I can't believe you're telling me that this is one of my talents because I've been fighting this my whole life. I've been, you know, people have told me that I need to, you know, if, if empathy, for example, is one of their um, top talents. I, again, I don't, not that I don't have empathy, I'm an empathetic person, but um, it's not in my dominant themes. So I really appreciate someone who, you know, understands the feelings and emotions of other people. And they feel like, you know, I've been told to, you know, get a backbone or, you know, just, um, you know, get over it. Don't get so emotional about things. But that's that's their gift. So in the way of these tasks, are these assessments more driven, the Clifton Strengths, is it more given by a, an institution, organization, or employer, or is this for the person initially? You, you know, it's really exciting, all the different venues that, that are using the Clifton Strengths Finder. So I initially took it um, as the StrengthsFinder 2.0. I was working with a colleague of mine and they were saying, we'd love you to do a retreat for women and, and we would really like to learn what our you know strengths are. And so that's where I found out about the StrengthsFinder 2.0. And when I first looked at it, I'm like, oh, you know, I really, I don't know how I could pull a retreat together with something like this because it d- did seem so business oriented to me. However, they have the Living Your Strengths book and that was um, written by Al Winsman and Don Clifton and Kurt Liesfeld. And that put a religious twist on it. Still the same exact assessment, but now you're, instead of using the term natural you know, talents and natural abilities and talent themes, we're using the term God-given gifts and God-given talents. And it pulls in scripture that's really going to resonate with you based on, again, what your talent themes are. And it's going to give you ideas of things that you can do, not just in your work environment, but in your home environment, the people that you live with, the people that you love, and um, also service opportunities within the organization, within the community, religious organizations, those types of things. So then I really started doing workshops. Um, I worked at the Catholic Church for a number of years and started doing workshops all over the Diocese of Charlotte in um, different parishes. And again, it's, it's a great tool to do in that area. Um, a lot of colleges, like I said, I like to work with young adults, um, high school and college students. A lot of colleges offer the StrengthsFinder assessment through their career development offices. That seems to be a pretty obvious um, connection there. And then, of course, businesses. A lot of large organizations will have within their HR department um, Gallup certified coaches, and they'll use this um, assessment in, in their organizations. And like I said, I like to work with small companies because I don't have that, but I still think the people, um, particularly in small businesses, need to know how to work well together. It sounds like the Clifton Strengths Assessment is more getting into the DNA of who that person is. Oh, absolutely. Versus the DISC test, because um, the DISC profile, you can 
manipulate that thing to exactly the way you want. Mm -hmm. I used to be in a sales, I, the first time I went to get a sales job right out of college, uh, they made me take the test and didn't get the job instead of failed. And I was like, for this job? Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. So then I wised up and it, it was all about answering the questions. So would you rather be an actor on stage or would you rather watch the actor on stage? Well, of course, the answer to go in sales is you want to be, be the, the actor. actor on stage. Would you rather set the fire or would you rather watch a fire? You know, mm -hmm. it, it's, you can totally manipulate. So I learned and I, in that same industry, they gave mm -hmm. the same two tests. And I know exactly how to answer if you want to become a manager and exactly how to answer the questions to become a salesperson. And you could almost take it to the nth degree. Now, that was manipulating it for mm -hmm. my own purposes mm -hmm. in order to get a job, but not as seeing yourself as who you really are. And so... It's a good thing we're recording this. Well, yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's, but, but this is the truth because this happens all the time because people will try to game the system. Right. So how do you, how do you deal with that? Well, it actually, it, it goes the other way too, that right. organizations will use assessments like that and they will um, try to look at, you know, the job that they have. Right. And so they'll say, I want someone with these strengths or these talent themes in this position. Right. And you kind of, I caution people about right. that because again, there's, there's unique ways to get the job done. Right. You know, um, one of the things people will always say they're like oh I like to help people so I became a doctor or I like to help people and I became a teacher I like to help people I became a lawyer I'd like to help people I you know I mean there's so many different ways to help people um, and then again you look at what their natural talents are and then you can figure out okay what's the best again environment for me to do that in who are the best people that I can partner with to get that done um, so it's, it, it can be manipulated, but really the, the strengths finder can't be manipulated to your point because it looks at their, just their natural talents. It's your natural proclivity. How do you get things done? It's not something that you can really, um, say, you know, they want me to answer this way. They want me to answer that. And the questions that they ask, sometimes they're very related, you know, they're too related to each other. So you're like, okay, I would pick this one over this one. Um, but sometimes they're totally unrelated and you're like, well, I do both or I don't like either of these choices. Mm -hmm. So, um, so it's hard to manipulate the, the strengths finder assessment. Well, there was, uh, I sat down with the, uh, a business coach once uh, uh, that, he, and I've seen him work in organizations where they're really working using these types of tasks in order to help everyone in the organization communicate and understand mm -hmm. one another. And they were actually sharing their results with the team so the team could really understand who this person is because it's hard to describe who I am or who you are just with words. It's really taking a look at this Right. And saying, okay, this is who I am. And then having this open discussion about it. And it's worked wonders for some small businesses. It, it creates a common language. So again, you take the assessment, you get your results and, and you, they give it a name, you know, you could be an achiever, you can be deliberative, you can be disciplined. And so it puts a name and it, not labeling you, but it just gives you a name. And as a manager, it's fabulous to know what the people on your team are bringing to the table. So you know who to call on to get different things done. You know how they work. Um, and it's good for people on the team. So again, they know who they can partner with. They know who they can work with. Um, it really takes away the idea of silos. 
you know, so many organizations, it's like, this is my job and I only do that. And they don't really interact with the other people on their team. And when they go through a workshop, like, uh, you know, a StrengthsFinder workshop that I go in and, and we do, we look at what everybody's bringing to the table. And I love it because every single time there's like, I didn't realize you like doing that because I really don't like doing that. So if you do that for me, I can help you with this other thing that you don't like to do. And, um, and it, it's really, it's every single time that's what happens. That's pretty cool. It is. Uh, so, Chuck, I like your analogy about do you want to set the fire or watch the fire? I feel like at 43 now, a few businesses later, I want to put the fire out uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. personally for, <laughs> like for, my, for my clients. But um, I, I thought it'd be fun, actually, just kind of off the cuff with your mm -hmm. skills and your background mm -hmm. as, a, as a coach specifically in this. If you just rapid fire questions to us to, you know, to, to, to do like a mini profile. Uh, like there's ways to work to identify. And then I want to do that if you, if that's possible just for a second. But I also want to ask you this first. So with, with your skills, it's like, remember we had Stephanie on the show, Stephanie's a, you know, therapist and, mm -hmm. and a counselor and trained in so many different areas. So I'm like, be careful what I say to Stephanie. She's like <laughs> sizing, sizing me up pretty good. But um, with your skills and be able to assess people's personality and, and strengths, mm -hmm. do you find that there's consistency or, or um, not consistency in the way they promote themselves, the way they communicate on email with you on the phone. Do you see a big gap with somebody pretending to be something and then they're quite different when you, when you uncover their results in a test? That's a good question. Um, I think you can really tell people, uh, again, I hate to say it, I hate to put it this way, but you can, for me, easily tell when someone's out of, out of their out of place um, either again the the environment that they're in the job that they're doing the people that they're working with there's just there's a disconnect there um, and so then you pull back and you say okay how did this happen how did you get in here and you know what can we do to make this a better situation for you so one of the things that we do with um, again we don't focus on weaknesses we don't look at what what's going wrong we say okay what's going right what, what are you good at? And so oftentimes, particularly in the beginning, when I first work with a client, I'm asking about all different types of success stories. You know, tell me a time when you were successful using this. And, and again, all of the folks that I work with have taken the assessment already. So I know their, their dominant themes going into it. And I know what they do. Um, and, you know, so again, so if someone's asking me to coach them um, through for a work situation, you know, I know what I'm walking into. If somebody's saying I'm looking for a new job, I'm miserable with what I'm doing, mm -hmm. then we talk about, okay, what made you take this job in the first place? Because you don't, people don't take a job to become miserable, you know. So we kind of look at how did this happen. And, and a lot of times it can be, again, I have the ability to do what I'm doing, but the people I'm surrounded with are making it really hard for me to do what I need to do. Other times it's I'm a fish out of water. They're asking me to do things now that they didn't bring up in the job interview and I don't have the skills. I don't have the ability to do this and I'm floundering. Or the desire. Or the desire, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's interesting. Is there a way to do like a mini little coaching session with us? Like I know you, we haven't done the test. If you're not looking at it. Can we pretend that we're a certain talent or can you determine that in a couple questions and we kind of show the audience what you would do as a coach? with somebody when you have a results kind of role play that with us a little bit? Well, sure. The first thing, the very first thing, and this goes back to kind of how my talents work in what I do. So my talents uh, tend to be in the executing area. So I, I'm the kind of person that gets things done. So for me, having goals is really important. 
So the first thing I ask a client is, why do you want to, why do you want me to coach you? What's your goal? What do you hope to get out of this time together? And based on that, then we can, we can roll with it. So like I said, if someone's coming to me with, um, you know, I, I love what I'm doing, but I'm doing too much. That, that could be, you know, I'm, I'm burning the candle at both ends. You were saying, you know, I'd like to put the fires out. And um, for me, the first thing that pops into my head, and I don't like to prejudge people and say that, you know, they have this talent over another, but one of the things is, is responsibility. And people who have responsibility as a talent theme are the ones that you can rely on to get things done. But one of the flip side, the weaknesses of having responsibility is kind of a difficulty saying no. So then you do bring on a lot more because um, people are counting on you and you like that. You'd like people counting on you. You'd like to be reliable. You'd like to be trustworthy. Um, what hurts is when you don't do a good job, then you just beat yourself up like, oh, and then you try to make it up, um, you know, in the, in the end. So that's one that, that pops up. Um, another one is, is self-assurance. You know, sometimes people, they're just like, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. And you're looking at them like, seriously? But they, they have a lot of self-assurance. They believe in their themselves and, and what they're capable of doing. And so then they have to rely on the rest of their, their talents to see if it gets done. So, you know, if it's something that they don't know how to do, I sure hope they have input and learner, which are, you know, people that just like to soak up information and learn as much as they can um, because they don't have experience to fall back on. So let's go back to us. We're mm -hmm. both business, multi-business owners. So mm -hmm. let's assume we've done the profile. Um, you ask us, why, why do you want me to coach you? And we say, well, we're doing good. We want to do better. Okay. How's that? Is you're that doing, a good, is that, you're is that doing a good. You want to do better. That a typical Pops answer? into my head maximizer. Okay. Because a maximizer, they want to take something that's good and make it, make it better. So then what happens? Make it the best. So then I ask you, what does, what does better look like for you? Do you want to be bigger? Do you want to um, be more focused? Do you want, um, what does that look like? Yeah. For you? So for me, it's not, and Chuck's probably identical. We, we want to work with fewer clients, mm -hmm. but be uh, more profitable. Okay. Okay. So tell me, um, again, I'll go back to the success side of things. Tell mm -hmm. me some clients and, and projects that you've worked on that you find particularly successful, had, had a successful outcome. One day shoot TV commercials, great budgets, huge, huge return on, on that investment from the client. They got great brand awareness, great uh, leads came in, mm -hmm. and uh, easy production to do. It's, it's a lot of pre-production, a lot of planning, a lot of balls in the air, but it's a one day project. Okay. So again, it sounds to me like you like to get it done, not necessarily when you look at um, the process of getting things done, do you like coming up with ideas or do you like someone giving you the idea and you making that idea come to life? Uh, probably both, but I'm typically the one come up with ideas. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cause mm -hmm. that's a little bit different. Cause again, if you, if you're looking if, if ideas come naturally to you and, and you're a creative person, which again, considering the, you know, all the things that you can do with photography and, and video and, and everything that makes total sense for you to be real creative. That doesn't mean though, that you can't be very disciplined and focused at the same time. People, you know, will often think, Oh, people who have lots of ideas are all over the place. They're flighty. And, um, that's not necessarily the case. You can come up with a great idea and then be real focused and disciplined to make that re idea a reality. So that would be my next question for you. Are you, I've met, um, there was a young woman I worked with a couple weeks ago and she was like, I love coming up with ideas, but God, don't ask me to do any of them. <laughs> No, I mean, if find you, me somebody to get it done for me. No, I mean, Chuck knows me pretty good. I'm totally the responsible executor. Mm -hmm. Get it done, cross it off, 
Like I can't stand not responding to somebody. I can't stand not knowing what the next move is in anything. Mm-hmm. Just like closure, constant communication, move, move the ball, keep moving forward. So yeah, okay. that's kind of where I came. Let's, let's do the same thing with Chuck. Okay. It'll be fun. Wow. Come on. Okay. Go okay. for it. Go ahead. So, uh, yeah. Say, what, why, why is she coaching you? Yep. What do you why is do? she coaching me? Um, I think mine's a little different from Jonathan's. Okay. I think I would want to know what are the opportunities about myself that I'm missing? What am I not seeing? What are my blind spots? Maybe I'm focusing on the other things, and that's where my stress and the friction comes. Mm-hmm. That I don't know it comes from there. Does that make sense? So maybe you you have to sit back and analyze your your weaknesses and your blind spots and maybe your strengths and maybe you're focusing on the wrong things and you should have other people. Well, it's interesting you you bring up the idea of blind spots because, again, people assume that with their talents, if if you were to rank them, like I said, there's 34 talent themes. So if you were to rank your top 10, those are most likely your dominance. And then the ones that are, you know, 29, 30 are, are your lesser talents. And people would assume, well, those are my weaknesses. And that's not the case. Your, your weaknesses can be your dominant themes if you're not applying them correctly. So those that's how it can become a blind spot. So again, using um, I'll use one that I have, which is focus. And focus in, um, in a real um, extreme way is like, do you ever see the game, the movie Imitation Game about the guy who figures out the code um, to the U, the submarine? Oh, yeah. German. I know what you're yeah. talking about. Cumberbatch. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So his character was so focused on, he was completely oblivious to everything that was going on around him in, you know, with the people that he was working with. And he was, <laughs> he was kind of pissing people off so, because yeah, he was so inept, focused. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it taken to an extreme. I mean, that it was a gift of what he was able to do, and but he wasn't applying it correctly, so it became a blind spot for him. He was able to just focus on what was going on and not see what was, you know, happening around him. So each talent theme has its pluses, but it also has, to your point, blind spots or even barriers, like where if you're not applying it correctly, it can really hinder a relationship or hinder a work situation. It's kind of like context for your strengths, you know, understanding mm-hmm. how it applies. She totally got you. She said you're uh, Cumberbatch from uh, Imitation Game. You're <laughs> socially on. inept but focused. Wow. That she got yeah, it. That's amazing. Yeah. So, okay. So what's the next, uh, what would be the next thing that okay. you would ask me? So then the next thing I would ask you would be, um, again, about your relationships with people. Because, again, you're asking for, you know, blind spots, things that, that stress me out. Um, oftentimes it'll be how you relate to, to other people. Um, looking at your personal relationships, how you relate to people that you're really close to. Um, but then also, you know, maybe acquaintances. You know, do you like to go to a, um, if you're at a party? Do you work the room? Do you talk to everybody there? Do you you zone in on the people you already know and just hang out with them the whole time and just go deeper with them versus, you know, reaching out to other people? I think she just nailed me there. That's called Relater. I have that one as well. Got me too. Wow. (laughs) Well, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Uh, We could be here for like an entire like day asking you questions. Um, If listeners want to uh, contact you and learn more about you and your business, how can they do that? We have, I have a website. It is www.engagecoaching.net. You can reach me at email, which is Carrie, my first name, K-E-R-R-Y, at engagecoaching.net. And uh, cell phone number you can always reach is 704-662-4178. 